Welcome to the Fierce Mothers podcast, where we help black and brown women find guidance and inspiration every week. We are so excited to have you listen in. I'm your host, Ugochi Onyewu. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Fierce Mothers podcast with me, your host, Ugo Chiyonewu. Today, we're going to be talking as women of color. I'm sure this is a topic that you can all relate to. I doubt very much that there's anyone that will be listening today as a woman of color or even a member of any marginalized group that has not experienced this. Today, we are talking about microaggressions. We're, talking, we're going to spend some time defining what a microaggression is, providing some examples. And I actually am using a lot of this information from an article from the New York Times on how to respond to microaggressions. I will make this link available in the show notes so that you can take a look at it and maybe um, find some other resources as well, which I'll provide on microaggressions in the show notes. So let's begin. <laughs> uh, it's a topic that's really very dear, near and dear to my heart, having worked in corporate America for so many years. And even in the UK, having worked in corporate in UK, I have experienced microaggressions in so many different ways. So let's start off with the official definition of a microaggression. It was actually defined that the, the phrase was actually coined in 1970 um, by a Harvard psychiatrist called Chester M. Pierce. But today's definition of a microaggression can be credited to Gerald Wing Sue, who's a professor of counseling psychology at Columbia University. He's also written several books on, on, on the subject, which I will maybe make some of those available in the chat. So how does he define a microaggression? He says that microaggressions are the everyday slights indignities, put downs, and insults that members of marginalized groups experience in their day-to-day -day interactions with individuals who are often unaware. This is important. They're often unaware that they have engaged in an offensive or demeaning way. It's, it's not necessarily that the person who is performing the microaggression is even aware or even intended to be insulting, but, but they are, how do I put it? They are exhibiting their discrimination in an unconscious manner, which is <laughs> it's just dangerous. The fact that you can be performing a microaggression without even realizing, right, is 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 dangerous. And and it's you know people have used the phrase "death by a thousand cuts," um, and and the impact of this exhausting exposure to microaggressions on the daily, the impact that it can have on your mental health, right? So. We've defined what a microaggression is, and I can talk about some of the examples that, that more examples in the resources, but just personal experiences that I've had. I've heard over the years, countless times, countless times, wow, you speak really well. <laughs> Supposed to be an, a compliment or wow, you're really articulate, or it might be, wow, you're really well-spoken. <laughs> Or perhaps the wow is not there, but the wow is implied. It's like, you're really well-spoken. Yeah. Okay. Is that a compliment? Are you surprised? Did you expect me not to be able to speak English? Or I've heard so many times, you're really smart. Again, the wow is implied. Um, 
Okay. And this is in a corporate setting in my role. Like, how do you think I perform this role? Do you need to be smart? You need to be intelligent. You need to have some kind of experience or education or training for the role that I'm doing. So for you to tell me that I'm smart, I mean, is this something you would tell everybody in the sim- in the same role? Or are you surprised that I come across as smart? I've heard that so many times. And I'm sure you have too. I'm sure you can relate. Or even questions like, where are you from? Now, in many cases, and we'll talk about whether or not to let a microaggression slide. In many cases, when I hear this, because I hear this all the time, where are you from? I will ask, well, what do you mean? You know, and I'm not trying to be adversarial or combative. It's that I'm genuinely curious because this one, I find myself giving the person asking the question a little bit of a pass because obviously, um, and, and this may not be a lot to hear. This is a discussion. This may not even be, I shouldn't be giving them pass, right? Because when I say, what do you mean? Do you mean the accent? Because the accent does have British undertones, having, um, been born in London, having, you know, been raised by a mother who was born and bred in Edinburgh, having gone to college, undergrad and grad school in the UK and spending a long time there. My accent does have British undertones. Or is it the name? Because my name is Ibo Ugochi Onyewu. My maiden name was Offerum, which is Ibo. Or do you mean my citizenship? Like, what do you mean? Right? So, when I ask the question always, when people say, where are you from? And I ask, well, what do you mean? I always mean curiously. It's like, should I take this as a microaggression or are you genuinely curious? You know, it's something I still battle with. And and to that point, you know, when you identify a microaggression, what do you do? Is it something that you respond to? Because that can be exhausting, like especially as a woman of color experiencing microaggressions so often, if you were to address every single microaggression, it's exhausting. And really, is there even any benefit? So what do you do when you identify that, yes, a microaggression has actually taken place? And, you know, it's it's interesting There, you know, this article in the New York Times, it, it does say to pick your battles. And I actually agree with this because and I think every woman of color or every person who who has experienced a microaggression as part of a marginalized group will, will agree that sometimes it's not even worth pursuing. Sometimes you just ignore it. Sometimes you let it slide. It's picking your battles. Once you have identified that, yes, a microaggression has occurred, you know, some of them are more overt, you know, um, and I try not to let those slide. I'll just be honest. Like you walk into a store and someone's following you around. Like, what do you think I'm going to do to steal? Like, do you follow everybody around the store or is it just because you've seen somebody of color like that's overt right uh, other examples that maybe wouldn't happen so much with with me as a woman would be i know my sons or my husband or my brothers have experienced this walking into an elevator and, and seeing someone clutch their purse a little bit tighter that's a microaggression and that's an overt microaggression. I, I wouldn't even call it a microaggression, right? It's like, oh, okay. So every male of color is a criminal now, you know? Um, but there are, there are, I think there are five questions here that Dr. Nadal, Dr. Nadal is, um, he is, let me just make sure I, I give him credit, is a professor of psychology at John Jay College. He has developed a cool toolkit called the guide to responding to microaggressions. And it lists five questions to ask yourself when you're weighing whether or not you should even respond. 
The first one is, could my physical safety be in danger? I think that's a very real thing, especially as a woman, right? Is is it even safe to respond to? This may not be in a corporate session, in a corporate setting, I would hope that your physical safety wouldn't be in question in a corporate setting, but say out there in the world, if your physical safety is in danger, is it really worth responding to microaggression? That's the first question to ask. The second one that he quotes is, is will this person who has performed the microaggression, will they become defensive? And will this lead to an argument? Now, in some cases, you could be like, well, I don't care. They need to be, this record needs to be set straight. Depends on the day, depends on your energy level. It depends on how important who's watching, like maybe your children are there. And it's important to call it out to say, no, this is unacceptable. I'm going to, whether or not you become defensive, I need to set this record straight. And if it does lead to an argument, I will keep my cool, but I will I will outline my points as to why this is unacceptable and why this is a microaggression. Again, it depends on the context, depends on the scenario, depends on the setting, depends on your energy level, whether or not you want to respond to this, especially if it's in a work setting, for example, will this person become defensive? Is it worth getting into it? Third question is, if I do respond, how will this affect my relationship with this person? If it's a coworker, if it's your boss, if it's someone in a senior role at work, if it's a family member, et cetera. Um, again, it's similar to the second question. It depends on your energy level. It depends on how important it is for you to set the record straight, whether or not it will affect your relationship with the person that's being the microaggressor, if that's the right word. The fourth one, I think, is actually an interesting one. And I sort of thought about it a lot because I've been known to ignore uh, microaggressions for the most part. I have responded, like I said, right, um, when it's when it's made sense to do so, whether or not the person will become defensive or whether or not the person will not talk to me again. For example, I've had people when I tell them, they say, well, what's your name? I say Ugochi and they say, Oh, can I call you Yugi or can I call you Ugo, Ugo, Ugi? And I can, and I will respond every time. I'll be like, this is my name. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't expect me to respond. And they're usually taken aback. There's certain times where I'm like, nope, this is my name. You need to put some respect on my name. Now, of course, I really appreciate when people will say, well, how do you pronounce your name? Right. And they may mispronounce it or they may say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pronounce this properly. Of course, like we need to be able to extend grace to people who don't hear this name on the daily, who encounter a name that is not something that they pronounce or know how to pronounce. Of course, that's that's not what I'm talking about. And I always appreciate when people say, how do you pronounce your name? They mispronounce it and I have to correct them. And I say, well, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. That's completely different than someone who's just being very disrespectful about my name, just because it's a name they don't encounter every day and making up something that they expect me to respond to. That's not my name. No, every single time I will correct that. Call me whatever you want. I'm just not going to answer. That is not my name. Be respectful. This is my name. That's 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 when I'm saying I will respond every time. But this this fourth question is, if I don't respond, will I regret not saying something? That's so powerful to me because um, 
in responding to microaggressions every single time. It really just depends on whether or not you want to deal with the outcome, whether or not it makes sense, whether or not you're sending the right message, whether or not you're going to spoil a relationship, whether or not the person will become combative or defensive or it escalates into something ugly. Case in point, your physical safety, every single time you encounter a microaggression, you ask yourselves these questions. But this one is so, so powerful because if I don't say something, am I going to chew on it and regret it? And I've been in that position countless times where I'm like, I should have set them straight. I should have said this is not acceptable. I should have said, well, what do you mean by saying I speak well? Do you not expect me to speak well? What do you mean by saying I'm smart in a work setting in this role? Do you not expect me to be smart? Do you think I got this job because the person that gave me the role had pity on a woman of color and just wanted to throw anybody in the role? What do you mean by I am smart. You know, there've been so many times where I've regretted not speaking up, particularly because you know this person unintentionally or not is dismissive in some way of you or hasn't taken the time to really think through what it is they're saying and what message what they're saying can send. So I think that's a really powerful one. If you don't respond, Will you regret saying something? And if you don't respond, what message are you putting out there that it's okay for people to make these flip judgments and these careless comments and you just ignore it every time? I think it's a really powerful question. And it's one that I'm glad I came across this because it's 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 a powerful question to ask. And in many cases, it's important to respond, even if it's with grace, even it's even if it's in an elegant way. Really push back a little bit. Well, I think, well, tell me what you mean. You know, don't make assumptions. What do you mean? And that that makes them think about the question. Remember, again, that microaggressions, a lot of the time, some of the time, are unintentional. They are not meant to cause, um, they're not meant to cause any kind of pain. They're not meant to cause any kind of trauma. They're just death by a thousand cuts. But it's still important to respond when you think it makes sense to do so. The, the last one, which is actually I've answered it, you know, it, it, from the previous question, if I don't respond, does that convey that I accept the behavior or statement? And that's, again, so powerful, right? Will you re regret not saying something? And if you don't say something, what are you really saying? Is it OK? Is it OK for you to say you think I'm smart? Is that supposed to be some kind of compliment or where are you from? Oh, there is one that I think every time let's try to respond to women of color is when people touch your hair, like, really? You think it's okay to come into my personal space and touch my hair and, and play with it and say, oh, your texture, or I like your hairstyle. And then they're touching your hair, even with permission. No, don't touch my hair. It's not okay. It's never okay to touch my hair, you know, but without permission, that takes it to a whole new level. And I do think in every scenario. It's important to respond to that. There are so many examples of microaggressions. These are just some that are coming to mind. I think it's really important that um, we put the message out there that we are women who, yes, we are smart. Yes, we do speak well. You know, <laughs> I don't need you to call that out. You're not 
calling that out for everybody. You're not calling that out for your white male counterpart. Why are you calling it out for me? It's important to put that message out there that says, put some respect on my existence, put some respect on my name, respect on who I am as a person. It doesn't have to be combative. It doesn't have to be, you know, causing any kind of argument or doesn't even have to be angry. It can be done with grace. It could even be done with a smile, but it commands respect. It commands respect. Now, again, every microaggression doesn't have to be addressed. Every microaggression can be exhausting, right? That they're microaggressions that you just left let slide. They're microaggressions that you just roll your eyes and keep it moving. But there are some microaggressions that I believe, especially in the workplace, especially in scenarios where the person who's performing the microaggression may not even realize or needs to be educated. I think it's a very important learning moment. Um, we can't address each one, but there are times when I think it's important to address. So this is just a quick talk on microaggressions. I'd love to hear feedback, love to hear your comments. I'd love to even uh, continue the conversation. And I, 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 I plan to have guests on the show that can really break this down from a professional standpoint, women who perhaps work in diversity and inclusion, women who are perhaps executives and know how to deal with microaggressions when they occur and can give us tips and, 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 um, and advice on how to deal with microaggressions. But I wanted to open up this topic because I know it's one that women of color experience. It's one that I've experienced so much over the years that I wanted to open up the topic. This is not the end of the discussion. I look forward to talking more and really delving into this subject because I know it's a meaty topic and it's one that we can all identify with. So thank you for listening today and please be stay tuned for more on this topic and more on similar topics that we as women of color can really identify with. Thank you so much. for listening to this episode what was your main takeaway from this episode what did you like what in your opinion are some ways that we could improve i want to hear from you you can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com to learn more about fierce mothers please visit our website at fiercemothers.com and join our mailing list for our weekly newsletter the newsletter provides powerful tips and inspiration for life please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fierce Mothers. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ugochi Onyewu. We are building an engaged community of Fierce Mothers, so please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.